Thanks be to God. A good short one and one that we will get to dive into. Yes, we've read some long ones here. Good morning, church. My name is Sarah. It is good to see you all this morning. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Um, If you follow the church calendar at all, I know it's kind of one of those old liturgical things, but today is Pentecost Sunday. So it is the Sunday that we remember 50 days after Easter that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ came upon the disciples, and in that day, they became apostles. So these unwieldy disciples in that upper room, the Spirit fell on them. The the Spirit of God, His presence, His power, His fullness filled them, and these disciples became apostles and were sent out. And this was the biggest transition, I'm sure, of their life. This was uh, taking them from one season of their journey with Jesus, of walking with Him every single day, to a new season of being sent out by him and being on mission with Jesus. And so really Pentecost Sunday for the disciples marked this like new era, new, not even new chapter, like a new volume in their lives. And we're actually going to start a new series today that we're just kind of calling Transitions um, about when we move from season to season in our lives. We are all kind of constantly in different phases of transition, whether we've just been through one and we're kind of getting into a new groove of a new thing or whether we feel like there's a shift coming. Maybe some of us really know like there's something coming. Maybe maybe we don't know what it is yet, but we sense that the Lord might be leading us into something new. Maybe for some of us, there's like a very inevitable, very large change coming very soon. Two babies. <laughs> yeah, so there are just constant seasons that we are living through of transition. And really, I know for myself, in those times of transition and a shifting, A lot of times my questions turn to, but how do I know if this is the way that God is leading? How do I know how to hear his voice? What what is he doing in me? How do I hear what it is that the next step is? And we can be just kind of fraught with a lot of this tension and question and, and anxiety and wondering, am I doing the right thing? Will I know? It feels like I'm either going too fast or too slow. Um, So if that is where some of us are at today, I'm sure we can resonate either having gone through a time like that before, or maybe you are going to be entering that soon. But I invite us to just set our hearts into, Lord, what are you doing in this season of my life? And is there something that you are nudging by your Holy Spirit, nudging into perhaps a new season? or a way that he wants to launch us as he launched the disciples that became apostles, that he wants to do something new in us. As Myra already alluded to, just, Lord, are you doing something new and fresh? And can I pay attention? Can I walk with you into that new season? So June 5th uh, today also is the three-year anniversary of my trip to the Camino de Santiago in Spain. So three years ago, I was on a plane to Porto, Portugal, like this very day, which is crazy that my my journal reminded me of that. So um, if you don't know, the Camino de Santiago is this incredible, ancient, sacred pathway that you can start in France, you can start in Spain, you can start in Portugal, and I think in other places in Europe, you guys might know. Um, But we started in Porto, Portugal, and the idea was um, the ancient path is the way of St. James, the Camino de Santiago, and it all leads to 
Santiago de Compostela, this little city with a beautiful cathedral in Spain. And it is just kind of one of those sacred pilgrimages that the saints of old and the tourists of today take to uh, really just journey. And it's, it's literally just walking mile after mile after mile. So we started in Porto and we had 125 miles to walk in two weeks. So you can do any extended version of it. You must have done it. You're like nodding. Yes, I love it. So you can remember through this. Um, but the Camino was really just this like amazing time for me to walk out a very large transition in my life. I was finishing seminary, and that was why I was on this pilgrimage, and I had no idea what was next. I was very confused and 38 years old, single, really didn't know what was next in my life, just had a heart like, Lord, okay, I'm on this journey with you, but I don't know. I don't, I don't have any idea what happens next. And it's summer of 2019, and I just decided I was going to walk it out until I worked it out. And that the Lord, I just invited him to walk with me. And I went with a group, but a lot of the time I actually spent walking on my own. And um, even if you go on the Camino and you don't follow Jesus, like it's really just this very fascinating, like all you're doing all day long is walking and putting one foot in front of the other. So you kind of can't help but... Be really aware of what the spirit or what is going on inside of you, what's going on in your soul. They say your soul kind of comes out in a way that it just doesn't have time to, or we're kind of just too distracted um, otherwise. So I really entered this journey as a pilgrim, and not just as a tourist. I took a lot of pictures, but really as this like mindset of pilgrimage, and really that's a... An, a, a analogy, a picture of our lives with Christ, that we are pilgrims with Jesus. We aren't just here as tourists, but we are walking with Jesus in a very intentional way. And so as pilgrims, uh, one of the, the mottos that they say on the Camino is the way is made by walking. <clears throat> the way is made by walking, that as you walk it out, work it out, el camino se hace caminando. It's much prettier in Spanish. Did I, how did I do? Thanks. <laughs> but the way is made by walking, that as we walk, and really, this is where I developed this kind of notion of like, one of the best spiritual practices, like, that I can do, the spiritual practice of walking. And really this symbolic, like one step at a time, walking with Jesus. And so we're gonna use the passage that was read by Amy, Jeremiah 6.16, as kind of our backdrop, and then also through this lens of pilgrimage, to just talk through what it is that as we are in these seasons of change, transition, what are you doing, Lord? What's next, what's new? Uh, this passage in Jeremiah, and then this picture of walking as pilgrims with the Lord. So let's read Jeremiah 6.16 once again. I love it because it looks like a poem. Some of you know I like to write poetry, but I wrote it out here just to give us this picture of what it would look like as a uh, poem, as a prayer, as a, as a commissioning for us. So stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, ask where the way is good, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. And if you could go to the, the slide where they're underlined, yeah, we'll, we'll see that there are kind of the four different movements in this one little tiny verse, and we'll use those as our um, theme for today. What, what do these verbs invite us into? But a little background on the book of Jeremiah, on where we find this verse so we don't just sort of grab it out of context. 
Jeremiah was a prophet in a season of great rebellion among the people of Israel. So he was the one commissioned to call the people of Israel out of their rebellious ways and to say, come back to the Lord, enter a new season, step away from your rebellion, come into this fellowship, this walking with the Lord again. And so he's a pretty fiery prophet, and a lot of the book of Jeremiah is a lot of woes and and um, commands toward returning to the Lord. And he kind of just takes a, a minute here to step back, and I kind of see him now as like a gentle shepherd saying, like, oh, like begging the people of Israel, like, okay, please, just stop, pay attention, seek the Lord, stand at this crossroads that you're at, and look, and ask, and walk. And so we'll use those as our four parts, kind of four movements in this seeking out of the Lord's will for us. I know that can be such a a hot question of like, what is the Lord's will for me? And really, I think that we, we overdo that. And this today is really just to give us maybe some more principles, some handholds, some, some pilgrimage kind of examples of how we walk with the Lord one day at a time, uh, make it less about some giant, what is the will of the Lord? Will I go off path? And more about like the dailiness of our very ordinary lives, big transitions or not. So the first movement that we see is just this verb, the first verb, stand. Before we ever move, it is a good idea to just stand still and to see where our feet are planted right now. So again, for those of us who are in times of change or unsettled or shifting, maybe the call today is really just like, where am I right now? You know how you enter like a mall or a zoo or a park or something and you look for the map and the first thing you find is you are here. So you are here. This is our you are here moment. Where are you right now? Without looking ahead, without thinking about all the things that could be coming, should be coming, might be coming, where are you right now? If you were to say like, where am I standing? Whether it's at a crossroads, whether it's just in this time, it's June, if there's a change, you know, even just in seasonal weather, where are you right now? Where is your heart? What is true about you today? Before we scramble ahead, what is it that is true for you today? Who are you right now? I know sometimes uh, before transitions, it actually makes us pay that much more attention to where we are right now. So before I got married, in my time of engagement, I had chafed for so long against my single years. I was 40 and had just really not appreciated my single years until I was engaged. And then I was really just blown away by the gifts of singleness and really savored them, cherished them in ways that I hadn't before. And so those last months before I got married became this time of like extra paying attention to where I was in my time of singleness. And right now, as Paul and I, I think you guys mostly know that we're moving to Ohio in about five weeks. And I think right now, this is a time where we are like extra savory in New York City. We know a change is coming. And we are just like, we walked out of the, um, the Hope for New York benefit the other night, 
so fun to see some of you guys there. And we were just like, isn't the city amazing? And just looking at all the sparkles and the lights and eating all the good food. And so we're just really practicing paying attention to where we are right now. And yes, we have huge things coming. We got to start packing. But where am I right now? And how do I really savor and own and live into the current season before we rush ahead? And so the the pilgrim principle that I kind of um, picked up along the Camino, along the way, was to be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. I think AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, might have made this one popular. Um, I don't know where it came from, but just this concept of being really present. Like, I would look down at my feet sometimes on the Camino and be like, this is where my two feet are standing and walking right now, and I am not to be anywhere else. I am to focus, I am to be still and centered and walk with Jesus in this present moment. And so maybe that is your call today. How can you be where your feet are? How can you be as present to the right now, the beauty, the pain of the right now, and just stay where you are, stand. So not moving yet, even if it is in a season of transition, stand. Um, I thought I would, because this is my little Camino journal from three years ago, I thought I would just read a couple little excerpts of really just my own prayers during that time. They might echo some of your prayers, so this is just to give language to sometimes what is on our heart, and there's my be where your feet are. So I said somewhere on the first couple days of the Camino, all I know is what I know now. And remember, this is in the context of I don't know anything about what's next in my life. All I know is what I know right now. I cannot and will not predict or manage or imagine what is not yet. I will not be one step ahead or behind you, Jesus. With you as my faithful friend and trusted guide, why would I fall behind or speed ahead? You are right here. What more could I ask? So maybe that gives you language for your own prayer right now, this first movement of just standing still, being where you are right now. And then we move to our second verb here, our second movement, which is, again, not actually moving yet. This is stand at the crossroads and look. Stand at the crossroads and look. So picture yourself. You're at a crossroads. You're at a a new point in the journey. And you're looking for the next thing. You're wanting to know, okay, just let's let's get ahead. I want to know, like, five steps down the road. I want to know the full destination. The thing on the Camino was that we started every morning from our hostels and all we knew was vaguely where we were supposed to end up that night and we did not know how to get there. We didn't have GPS, we didn't have our phones out. In fact, I really made it a practice to just kind of go with the flow and not try to like GPS myself and Google map. And so all we had were these yellow arrows These little yellow, spray-painted sometimes, sometimes they were on mosaics, yellow spray-painted arrows. That was the entire way that we walked from Portugal to Spain. You can get from one whole country to another with just little arrows, and that's what the Camino does. And so all we had was the next arrow. All we had was, I will walk until I see a new direction, and that is all I got. And then I'll walk until I see something new, and that is all I have. So one segment at a time with nothing beyond that. And so along with that call to be where your feet are, 
the call for this one became, look for arrows. Just look for the next arrow. Don't look for all the answers in all the questions that we ask in our seasons of change and transition. You know, we're scrambling in our heads, like wanting to know, 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 wanting to, to have the answers. And we think that we'll be happy when we have the answers, when we know the destinations. And yet, really, what, what I learned on the Camino, and it's actually a quote from one of my favorite authors, Emily P. Freeman. She says, just look for arrows. Look for that one next arrow, not answers. And really, in this season in my life in 2019, that summer of being finished with grad school and having no idea if I had a job in the fall and where I was going to live, I, I knew I had started to pick up clues that God was transitioning me, that God was inviting me to New York City. I wouldn't have said it quite that strongly, but I had already started to pick up these arrows, and they all pointed to New York, and it was kind of baffling. I, again, I had no job. I really didn't have any connections. I didn't know why. I didn't know how, when, but I had these little gut kind of senses of like God leading or my spirit just ready for something different. And these arrows just all started to point to New York. And I'm sure you've had those times where maybe there's a decision to be made. Maybe there is a shift coming and you kind of just start to notice like these breadcrumbs of like, huh, that, that's interesting. And, that, and then that, and then you connect the dots and and maybe it's less of a mystery of like the will of the Lord in shining lights and more of this little clue and that little clue. And that seemed interesting that that, that happened. And then I, I sensed this and then I read this verse and then I heard this sermon that seemed to confirm that. And so just these collecting of arrows, which is what we did on our one little segment of the Camino at a time, we collected the next arrow and then the next arrow after that and we kept walking until we got to where we were staying that night. And so looking for arrows and not answers. Um, I have another little journal excerpt to read for you. Arrows, not answers. I think I need answers when all I really need are arrows. One more arrow, this way or that way, around the bend. I do not need to or get to or want to know exactly where I am going. The goal is just to walk and keep an eye out for the next arrow. God gives one little arrow at a time. Sometimes they're obscure. Sometimes they were very obscure. And sometimes it's like a treasure hunt to find it. But pay attention to the arrows, collect the arrows, and see where they're pointing. His way is a mystery, but he doesn't keep it from me. So yes, sometimes his way feels like such a mystery, and yet he isn't intending to hide it from us. We only know what we need to know when we need to know it. Can I get an amen? <laughs> we only know what we need to know when we need to know it. And so if you don't know it yet, you might not need to know it. Can we settle our hearts into that? If I don't know yet, maybe I don't need to know yet. And just keep walking. The way is made by walking. The way is made one foot, one step at a time, one arrow at a time, one little trust, faith step at a time. 
And then we get to the next movement, the third part here. We have stand at the crossroads and look, and now ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the way is good. We've all asked so many questions in our times of transition, probably questions that sound more like, what should I do? What do my parents want me to do? What do my professors think I should do? What, what is the Lord's will? What does the Lord think I should do? God, just tell me what I should do. And that should word, mm, man, that is, I wish I could just eliminate that from my vocabulary sometimes because I think that that word really just connotes this notion that we are under some kind of obligation or that there is a fear attached to that, a a right and wrong that seems so heavy. What should I do? And it's so external. It's, you know, what everybody else thinks or that I've been told or that culture thinks that this is the path. And so noticing first just how we're asking the questions that we're asking. If the questions that you're asking right now or that you have asked in the past, start with should. Can I challenge us to change that question so it doesn't start with a fear, an obligation, a sense of what if I do the wrong thing? What if I walk down the wrong road? So notice the shoulds and also notice what you want. I think somehow we've gotten it in our heads that it's not okay to want, to desire, to, we think that maybe the Lord's will is the very thing we don't want, or the thing that feels the most difficult, the thing that feels like the most ill-fitting, when what if we can pay attention to our wanter and not be afraid of it? I have been so afraid of my wanter inside of me. Like, what if that means, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things? What if, what if I can't trust that? And I think, I know, that God can work in and through our desires. And so as we pay attention to how we're framing even our questions, our, our yeah, conversations with the Lord, how can we also pay attention to actually what, what is deeper inside us? What is it that as we're collecting the arrows, what is it that is stirring inside of us that maybe is what we want, what we desire, and not be afraid of it and not think that there's something shameful in that and not think that there must be something wrong? Because that the next pilgrim principle for this is that you cannot get too lost You cannot get too lost. So you saw that yellow X on the picture before this. So most of the time, we just on the Camino saw yellow arrows, spray painted, mosaics, like beautiful, some that were like dripping with paint. And most of the time, we just had to follow the arrows, but occasionally there would be a yellow X. And that was obviously a, this is not the right road. And so, That was what we had to trust too, that there were arrows to guide us, but that there were also X's to say, this one, not this one. Well, one day, I must have missed one of the yellow X's, and I went down a path for quite some time that I later realized was not the path that was getting me the direction I wanted to go. 
But in the meantime, I can't even tell you how gorgeous this little side trail was. I was by myself. I was in just the most joyful mood. I was walking in this gorgeous little Portugal town, overlooking the ocean, hydrangeas blooming everywhere, these little cute cottages. I was thrilled. I was just like having a moment with the Lord. I think I was humming and realized after walking downhill for quite a ways that this was not the path that would lead me to where I was supposed to go that night. But it sure was a beautiful one. And I remember thinking, even after I had to turn and climb back uphill to right myself to get back on the right path, I remember thinking like, man, on the Camino, you really can't get too lost. Like, I think I even tried to ask in English slash Portuguese how, you know, to get back or if there was another way, but I ended up just having to retrace my entire steps. And just thinking like, There's such a safety in this that I can't get too lost. I will be protected. I will be somehow guarded in this little journey that I will not get too lost. So for those of us who are afraid to maybe trust our desires, to trust our wants, for those of us who feel like the the anxiety, the pain of maybe I'll make a wrong decision, could you trust that... You cannot get too lost as the Holy Spirit is your guide, as Jesus is walking next to you. What if in this next season, you could believe, you could trust your own gut, you could trust the Spirit's guidance that you cannot get too lost along the way. And if you make a misstep, there will be a way to return. As Jeremiah was inviting the people to return and God would be gracious and God would be merciful, Could there be much more freedom in our walking and in our decision-making to say, maybe, maybe I'm not gonna have to live so narrow and rigid and fearful of making a wrong step. Maybe I can live with more permission and more freedom and trust that the Holy Spirit is a good guide and that I will get to where I'm going one way or another and the side routes might actually be beautiful too. And you won't be too far behind. And you will not get too lost. You'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. And now for this third, fourth movement, now this is where we finally walk. There's one of the arrows that looks like it was just like freshly painted, dripping. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the way is good and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls is the last part of that verse. But walk in it. Our, our final move invitation to walk now. So there comes a time where, yes, we stop. We pay attention. We notice what God is doing around us, what God is doing in us, what our desires are revealing. We keep doing our our next little one thing at a time, but there does come a point where we need to take a step, where we need to make a decision, where there is a forward movement, there is a move to be made, whether to Ohio or maybe it's that you're gonna be in New York for 25 years and yet, like Tina and Drew, and yet there is still change and transition on the horizon and there is a time to make a decision, to make a next 
new step. And so for this one, my mom um, had this phrase, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but she said something like, God prefers to move, God doesn't move a parked car, something like that. Like, that it's harder to move a parked car than one that is already at least in neutral. You know, that, that at some point there is this call to action and to shifting out of complete stop and into like, all right, Lord, you can move me a little easier when there's not the inertia of just like, I am staying put, I am staying stuck. And so letting God move us and moving ourselves by choosing to walk. When we were training for the Camino, uh, really the only way to train for walking 125 miles was walking. The only way to walk a long distance was to start with walking a short distance and then walking a medium distance. And so my whole training for the Camino was really just going on walks. So the only way to get better at walking is by walking. The only way to get better at decision-making is decision-making. I even said this to myself as the only way to get better at dating was by dating. And I hated that. (laughs) But the only way that I was going to get better at things that were hard for me was by doing them. So the only way to get better at walking, the only way to prepare ourselves for seasons of change is by walking. And so training happens as we go. The decisions unfold the further we take steps and the farther along we can trust ourselves and trust the Spirit to be with us as we are going. And lastly, the verse finishes with this beautiful invitation that after standing, looking, asking, walking, you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. If your soul is restless, either because you know there is something coming, there's something changing, or perhaps your soul is restless because there is, there is the call, there is the next nudge into further obedience. There is an invitation from the Lord to keep stepping into something that might be new or scary. Then the rest for your soul comes as you trust the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't often give us peace you know, long before and tell us everything along the way. The peace comes, the rest comes in the moving, in the trusting, in the process. And actually this verse does, uh, the verse that follows this verse, as Jeremiah is calling out to his people, it ends in a, a very sad way. After this verse, Jeremiah says, but you would have none of it. But you would have none of it. And there's this kind of harsh reminder that the people of Israel chose at that time not to heed this wisdom. And so even for some of us today, there might even be like Holy Spirit conviction, not condemnation, but conviction, where there is a, hmm, but you would have none of it. And so would we soften our hearts, would we turn our hearts toward the Lord and say, okay, in this unrest, in this time, I don't know what I don't know, but I want to walk closely with you. I know that I can believe that I will have what I need when I need it, 
that the arrows will come, that the trust will come, that I can, I can even look at my own gut and desires and wants? And would we lean into, rather than away from, this call to continue to walk and trust? So I'll have the worship team come back up. And even as today is Pentecost Sunday, and we remember that giant transition in the season of the disciples' lives and in, in really the, the season of the church that from, from now until Advent, really, we are celebrating and honoring this time of Pentecost, of living with the very ordinary day of being filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and living in this season of empowerment, and the embodiment of the Spirit guiding us and in us. So I would love to just allow us a moment to continue to invite the Holy Spirit to guide us, yes, in maybe our very tangible, very specific needs, transitions that we're in, and and maybe it's even more just a recommitment, a refilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives, or maybe even a, a first filling that we would just simply say, Holy Spirit, come. I, I don't always know what to do. I have wrestled with some of these very questions and doubts and insecurities and fears. But Spirit, all I need is you. Holy Spirit, come once again. So I'm going to pray as the team uh, leads us into our final song. And we can just allow this time to really be... A time for the Lord to speak, a time for our hearts to be centered and to just invite the Spirit's filling and anointing and presence among us. Holy Spirit, come. As we are gathered here, much like the disciples were in that room, we wait for you. We long for your nearness, your presence. When we don't get to walk tangibly, physically, side by side with you anymore like they did, but you came in a different way. You came in a way that was closer than they could imagine. Holy Spirit, we want your presence, your power, your filling, especially in these times where we might feel a little lost. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come upon these friends here in the ways that they need your guidance, that we need your reminders, that we need just your nudges to point out what to pay attention to in this time. Holy Spirit, would you go before us just in this final song, speak to us in a way that is unique and personal to each one of us. Fill us, anoint us, come upon us.